The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. You are indeed going higher. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. How are you guys doing today? This beautiful fall day here in Dallas, Texas. Today is a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Ooh. morning. Oh, I was going a different route. Uh, what, 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 what route were you going? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, A beautiful yeah. day to be neighbors. Would you I be mine? I love that. I would. Could you be mine? <laughs> now that you have two puppies, especially. <laughs> I'm, I'm a doggy at, daddy. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the pictures right now. Oh, my gosh. I, I There's nothing sweeter than a kitten or a puppy or any baby animal, really. But wow. So tell us the story, Jer. You finally broke down and you got not one dog, but two, which was very smart because they will keep each other company yes. when you're at work. Yes. Yeah. That was that was the uh, the whole thought process. I, I initially went, okay, so the one, if you're looking at that uh, last picture there, the one with the brown head uh-huh. that has, he, he constantly looks like he's worried about something because he's, <laughs> he's like perma-furrowed. He, well, he looks like you. <laughs> um, and then that's, they say that's, they look like their owner. That's that's his sister behind. Well, you know, I mean, we may come to look more like each other. Jack and I looked a lot like each other. Um, so uh, it was in Rowlett. Okay. And it was uh, an accidental uh, puppying. Okay. So uh, this guy was like, "I just I need to give him away to good homes." So I was like. All right, let's let's see some pictures. And we saw the pictures. It was on Craigslist. We saw the uh-huh. pictures, and I was like, "Oh, my goodness!" Yeah. The one there in front, I I actually gasped when I saw him. Oh. So I was like, "All right, that's it. I'm heading out Aww. to uh, Rowlett to, to check it. him out." Love at first sight. Absolutely. <laughs> so I got there, and there he was, and uh, there was a couple other puppies in there with him, mm-hmm. and so I got him, and I said, "Thank you very much to the guy," and I'm walking out the door. And he's looking up at me, and he's kind of shivery and stuff. And I was like, Dad, gummit. All right. And so I turned back around and knocked on the door again. And I was like, hey, man, can I have another dog? Can I have two? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was like, absolutely. Come on in. How many were there total from the from the litter? Uh, from uh, five, I think. Five. Were those the last two? Uh, technically, yes. There was one that was okay. still in there that hadn't been claimed yet. Okay. Well, I mean, he had been claimed. They hadn't come to pick him up yet. Yeah. And those kind of accidents do happen. But now that he knows, I hope that he gets both the male and the female spayed and neutered, whichever one, uh, you know. If, yeah. You just want, you, we, we don't need any more puppies on the earth. But since they're here, I'm so glad that you have them. But I hope mm-hmm. that this gentleman, whoever he is, will spay and neuter mm-hmm. uh, the dogs responsible. Well, um, that was the plan. But, yeah, good, good. Uh, the daddy got to her before he could. So Yeah, yeah. So his dad, right. their their daddy's a Jack Russell Terrier, Aww. like a legit Jack Russell Terrier, just like uh-huh. my Jack dog was. Uh-huh. And their mama is a poodle Havanese mix, huh? Which is called. Are you ready for this? What? Are you ready? Are you yes. ready? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not ready. It's a called a Havanese. 
I kn- I was gonna say have a poodle. Have a poo is what uh-huh. they're called. So they're Jack oh, Russell have a poos. Yeah. They don't look like either one of those. Are you sure they were an accident? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, like they, a, no, they so, they, they yeah. totally look like a Jack Russell. The 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 one with the brown head, he totally looks like a Jack Russell. His sister has more of the body shape of the uh, Havanese with the smoother fur, and the boy has more of the Jack Russell body shape mm-hmm. with the Havanese fur. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. And what are their names? Yeah, what's your name? Uh, I don't know yet. They haven't told me. That I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. It, it does take time, and sometimes, and then of course, everybody in the family, especially if you have kids, they have they want to name them. You know, I haven't gotten to name any of my cats. My oh. two daughters name every single one of them, but I'm the one that ends up taking care of them. <laughs> oh we would gosh. just name oh, our cats Kitty. We weren't very original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a Fluffy when I was a kid. We had a Snoopy, Snoopy dog. Charlie. Um, yeah, I've got a Charlie myself. And when I was uh, growing up, I had Johnny Cat from the Lure and Boo Boo oh, Kitty cute. from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, wow. Funny. Oh, Tom the cat. Tom and Jerry. That's that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, we've got a great show today. Uh, we've got Susan uh, Corgan, Su- Susan Olson Corgan coming on. She's going to be talking about the vaccine injured are real, and it's a mother's journey. She's going to talk about her son and, and how it all unfolded and where she is now um, and just, uh, you know, trying to engage everyone to, you know, be aware, just be aware. But, um, you know. It's always great. And she's also, w- she's with Cardio Miracle. Mm-hmm. That's how we met her in the first place and the second place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Jerry, you might be up tonight letting dogs. So you're on a new, a new uh, schedule, schedule, right? You got to get up and let the, just like you got to feed the baby every couple hours. How old are these puppies? Seven weeks. Oh my gosh. Oh. Seven weeks. That's really young. They were born right around my birthday. Oh, how nice. Oh, nice. So seven weeks. I think that's a little young to put him in. I I personally, you know, it's funny because I just was digging through a closet looking for pictures for my daughter's upcoming (sighs) wedding. And, oh, you should see all the pictures I have of dogs and uh, like just just a lot of dog pictures Uh framed, beautiful family pictures with the dogs, you know, all that. But um, there was a point I was going to make and I can't even remember what it was now. (laughs) About the age of the dogs or. uh, Oh. Oh. I had a beautiful picture of Madeline and her one puppy, Luna. I've told this story before. Or not Luna, sorry, Una. Una meaning, meaning one in Spanish. And, uh, you know, I, Madeline we found on the street, and I put her through what I call my system. I would take him to Dr. Norris. He would check them out, you know, make sure they were healthy, give them their vaccinations. Um, and then we would work with another place that put him up for adoption. We'll make a long story short. Madeline was pregnant. And we didn't know it. Oh, she had heartworms, too. So she went through heartworm treatment. Um, oh, what was that? Scared me. <laughs> scared me, Jer. Scared me, too. <laughs> Button hit her. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Sorry, I brought the puppy to the studio. He's walking across the, the board. No. Did you? No. No. You're not no. Okay. I was gonna say I know you're not really allowed to do that, but more power to you if you did. <laughs> but anyway, so so Madeline had one puppy and so the place where they adopted him out said, Bernadette, you gotta come get the dog. She she's pregnant. She had a baby. I'm like, What? What? And so I went and I got her and I brought the puppy home and so um anyway, after them I couldn't I couldn't I didn't want to separate them, right? And it just she nursed her, her one puppy naturally till the age of five months, okay? And then she weaned um, Una 
and um, I kept them together. I couldn't separate them. Long story short, when you naturally let a puppy wean from um, its mother, it's not seven weeks. It's not even 12 weeks. It's like four or five months. And so, um, yeah, I hope you give her give those puppies lots of TLC. And, but the reason people do it is because they're so cute and you can't wait to, you know, have them when they're little tiny babies. But it's, you know. Oh, they were also moving. Huh? They were also moving. What do you mean? They're moving. Oh, like they're, they're going to be out of the house by next gotcha. week. Yeah, I could see where that would be a problem. Yeah, but I mean, it happens all the time. It does. I mean, that circumstance is different than what I'm talking about, you know, where like in a puppy mill, they, they take oh. them, you know, they want them real little so that because people can't resist because they're so cute. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to resist. They are adorable. Yeah. So you yeah. don't know what their names are going to be, and that's okay. But what do you Mar- think they're going to be? Marie and Burn. <laughs> Like Bernie. <laughs> yeah, Bernie. <laughs> now, are they girls or boys? One boy, one girl. One boy, one, boy, okay. one girl. Yeah. Um, it it kind of seems like maybe Rocky and Jasmine. Um, those oh, those are just kind of working titles. After Rocky Balboa? No, after, <laughs> after the <laughs> raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, okay. Mm. Not familiar. Uh, is that a game? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is that? That is a comic book. Oh, a comic book. And a book. Marvel movie. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Rocky the Raccoon <laughs> is one of the baddest ass fighter, pilot, fighter pilots and engineers in the galaxy. <coughs> so, you know, Jerry, on your on your little bio that I have here, you raise sea monkeys. Is that how you found about out about sea monkeys in the back of the comic book? You know how they used to That is indeed them. exactly how I found out about them. <laughs> Oh, oh, right. I remember seeing those. Oh, my gosh. Matter of fact, the first time I saw it was in the back of a Spider-Man comic book. Uh Uh-huh. I knew it. Oh, my gosh. Do those still exist? Spider-Man comics? No, no, no. Like raising sea monkeys. Like can you get them sent in the mail like you used to, you know, back in the day? Yeah. You can still find them in stores. They've got a website that you can order things off of. Really? Yeah. That's where I got my last one, the executive. (laughs) It's it's basically like this big... It looks like a, like a giant margarita goblet, and it's basically a triple setup, so it's it's three times what the regular tank is, so all the packets came in triplicate. You have to take some pictures. I, I, I'm having trouble visualizing it. Oh, the goblet? All of it. Ah. <laughs> well, sea monkeys are crustaceans. Okay. And they're a combination of... Like a uh, shrimp? A shrimp is they, a crustar- they, crustacean? That's exactly what they are. They are brine shrimp. Okay. It's a species of brine shrimp that has been crossbred with bred with another species of cross shrimp, one from the Great Salt Lakes of Utah and one from the Pink Salt Flats of California. Wow. And they were specifically bred for how well they go into cryptostasis, how long they'll stay in cryptostasis, and how quickly they come out of cryptostasis. Hmm. And they've been bred for longevity as well. So you can have one colony where, you know, the whole colony will last two, two and a half years before it breaks down. You aren't ever tempted to drag them through cocktail sauce and eat them, are you? (laughs) (laughs) They're way too small for that. (laughs) I would have to strain them through my teeth like a whale if I wanted to do that. (laughs) (laughs) On that, we're going to go to break. Oh, my gosh, what fun. Everyone stay tuned. We've got Susie Olson Corgan coming up. We're going to be talking about the vaccine injured. Our real, a mother's journey, a mother's story. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. 
If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Barricade. <laughs> We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturers' documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must-read. Now available on Amazon. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early, broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have Susie Olson Corgan with us. She is a holistic health coach, consultant, and health freedom advocate who campaigns for medical freedom, individual rights, and informed consent. She has spent several years collaborating with organizations to create effective educational campaigns that empower individuals to create change in their communities. Susie is a co-founder of the Grassroots Organization Initiatives for Family Health. Uh, their mission is to create community to make change for a healthier world by advocating for informed decision-making and broad aspects of health and wellness for all family members of all ages and empowering individuals to be leaders through education, support, and action. Her work advocating for a healthier world is inspired by her only child who was injured by vaccinations at one year old. Uh, her website is initiativesforfamilyhealth.org. That's initiativesforfamilyhealth.org or on Instagram at activist underscore Susie. Facebook, Susie-Olson-Corgan. <laughs> so great to have you with us. Susie, welcome to One Life Radio. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. We've been planning this for a while. I'm so glad that it finally worked out. Me too. And I, and you know, everyone needs to hear this story and everyone loves a good story and I appreciate you sharing it with us. I really do. And so, you know, we first met through our partnership with John Hewlett and Cardio Miracle before we knew you were also an advocate for uh, vaccine safety, which is something I have been an advocate for, for many, many years as well, as well as medical freedom. Can you tell us a little about your journey that led you to become an advocate for medical freedom and informed consent? What happened? Absolutely. It's the most important story of my life. Um, yeah. I was thrilled to find out that I was having a baby when I was 21. My husband and I were up and down, jumping for joy, super excited, wanted to have a family young and have a big family. Um, so when we found out I was pregnant, it was the best day. Um, we had a pretty typical pregnancy. He was born healthy. We went through all of the new fun you know, milestones of life of being parents, the not sleeping and being exhausted, trying to soak mm -hmm. in every moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know, going right? The, ups and, the but... ups and downs of that. Um, and then we did what, you know, all good parents do. We took him yeah. in for all of his well visits mm -hmm. and we got him all the vaccinations that we were told to. And the first 
time that he had a reaction to those was at his six-month shot. Um, he broke out in a rash, and he had some um, just adverse, kind of they said standard adverse reactions. So we ended up in the hospital. Um, and it was really scary, but also we kept being told that getting a vaccine-preventable disease was always worse off because your child could die from that. Oh, yeah. You know, so much mm-hmm. worse than a vaccine reaction. Mm-hmm. So at one year old, we took him back for more vaccines because we were those good parents following the allopathic medical model that we were told saved the world. And vaccines are like multivitamins, you know, the more the better. So we right. took him in for more vaccines. And at that point, he had a more severe reaction. He stopped breathing. His, his heart never stopped, but he stopped breathing and had distressed breathing. So the aid car was called. We weren't able to get the aid car up there in time. We live in Seattle. Traffic oh, on the five wow. is insane here. So yeah. I ended up driving him down there, and that was the day that my entire life changed. Oh, yeah. Were you given the handout for the, at the pediatrician's office of the adverse events that could happen that they are supposed to give out? They handed me the one-sheet piece of paper that says there can be soreness at the injection site, there right. can be a fever, fussiness, lethargia, you know, the very basic things. They did not tell me the true risk of getting any of these vaccinations or getting any right. of them together. Well, yeah, and, and, they, and, they, and they really, uh, they don't. They don't. It's typical, typical. You don't hear any of that. Um, the reason I ask is uh, yesterday when uh, we had uh, Ray Flores on the show, we covered a story about the, uh, oh, gosh, I, I don't, I'm trying to find it right now as I'm talking to you. I'm digging through my, uh, my, uh, my stories from yesterday, and it was about the young boy, and I know you know who it is. They call it the Yates case, and I'm trying to find it mm-hmm. here. And, and, it, and, it, and basically, it took this family 20 years to get any kind of, uh, I won't say justice, but resolution to this, basically the same thing. The story that you just told is very similar what happened to them. And if I'm not mistaken, they were, one was a medical doctor, the mother, and then the father was an attorney. So, oh, here it is. It's father's 20-year battle on behalf of vaccine-injured son exposes travesty of liability, free vaccines. And th- it's all too familiar, Susie. It's just all too familiar. It is. It really is. And you just touched on such a good point because they are liability free. So that should that should just be something that we're told right from the beginning as part of the information and education on vaccinations. Is mm-hmm. If you go in and you get a vaccine after your doctor or whomever has encouraged you to, pushed you to, coerced you to, whatever that is, and your child has an adverse reaction, there is very little they can do to help you because they don't study that. And the manufacturers have zero liability. So if your child is permanently injured or killed, you are the one that has to take on that financial, emotional, physical burden for the rest of their lives. And financial. Big time, right? (laughs) It's a game changer. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you talk about a game changer. My gosh. And I I just, you know, I know I have friends that it's happened to. uh, and, you know, one of them is Jackie Schlegel, who's a, a big-time ac- activist. Um, I believe it happened to her daughter, Ashley, and she's spoken publicly about this many, many times. She's a huge uh, activist in, in Austin trying to uh, give, uh, you know, she's all about medical freedom after what happened to her daughter. And so, you know, um, and there wasn't much support for her, you know. There really wasn't. These, It's only, you know, that's one of the, if there's anything good to come out of COVID, you know, this, this pandemic, it's the, we are hyper-focused now on vaccine safety right and we haven't been before it's and they're still covering it up of course we all know that but now we know that there definitely has been problems for decades and that have that that media will not cover mainstream media will not cover it they just won't 
Absolutely. And Jackie is just an absolute powerhouse. And it is true. Her daughter was injured by vaccines. And most of us that are in this, unfortunately, came here after an injury or a death to someone that we love. You know, Mm -hmm. someone, and especially when it's our children, someone that we were supposed to protect and, you know, not allow harm to come to. But we were not Mm -hmm. given informed consent. And so that becomes the mission of your life is to make Mm -hmm. sure that other parents are never in that position where they make this choice ignorantly because they don't have the data. They don't understand that risk benefit. We never want parents that we know to look at us and say, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you help me see this? So Mm -hmm. people like Jackie are absolute heroes to me because she is, she is out there boots on the ground all the time. She's always going and helping legislatively, proactively education. Mm -hmm. Just she's an absolute incredible Mm -hmm. human. Yeah, she's writing a book, by the way. We haven't, she hasn't named it yet. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I don't okay. know. But I think she would be happy <laughs> yeah. about it. She is going to write a book about her experience. <laughs> I wish every parent out there would write a book about it because these are stories that need to be told. They really do. So, you know, we'll go back to when your son was a year old and, and, he, and that you then realized, wow, something's very wrong. Did you realize immediately that it was a vaccine injury? Tell me about that. Well, I mean, it happened in the doctor's office, right? He has this reaction. So it's immediate. So we know there's this acute thing that happened. But in the days to come are when we realized really how bad it was. Because Mm -hmm. at one, he was walking and he had words and he had eye contact and he had friends and he was healthy, you know, friends as much as you have as a toddler. But he interacted with children in a typical uh, way, you know, according to his development. Mm -hmm. But after that happened, he lost his ability to speak. He lost his ability to walk. He was just in constant pain, rashes all over his body, explosive Mm. diarrhea, screaming nonstop, passing out on a regular basis. I lost the child that I knew that day. I completely Mm. lost him. His spirit was there, but his body just was completely different and had shut down. And Mm -hmm. I've spent the last almost 16 years now trying to get his health back. We've come Mm -hmm. a long way, but it's, um, it's still, it is a daily struggle. Oh, yeah. It's so difficult. You know, I I don't have a brother that's autistic, but I do have a brother um, that is disabled, uh, schizophrenic from the time I was a, a small child. And it affects the whole family, too, both emotionally, financially, the parents, the marriage, everything. It is so difficult when you have a disabled child. And, th- and this is, you know, the thing is, it could be it could be avoided. It could be avoided through just honesty, right? And education, all these children that have been injured, like your son, like Jackie's daughter, and, and millions more all over the world. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Marie is raising her hand. She <laughs> wants to say something. Go Hi, ahead. Susie. Um, I was just curious Hi, what, was, what your doctor's reaction was when yeah, the good question happened. So his pediatrician that was there in the doctor's office said that they believed that it was a vaccine reaction. But by the time we were at Children's Hospital, it was complete deniability. There has never been another acknowledgement that this was from his vaccinations within the mainstream allopathic model. Now we work with a lot of doctors around the world. I've driven him from here to D.C. to San Diego. We live in Seattle, Washington, um, all over the country. And every single doctor that we work with, medical doctors, um, functional medicine doctors, holistic doctors, naturopathic doctors, all of them agree when looking at his medical records that it's absolutely the vaccinations that caused this regression, this loss of skills, and now the injuries that he deals with. Yeah. 
Well, you know, uh, Susie, I'm looking at the clock. Let's go to break. When we come back, uh, let's talk some more about this, wh- who you turn to for support when all this happened, and, uh, and continue talking about this story. Uh, the, the vaccine injured are real, a mother's journey. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body. Yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Enviromedica.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Susan Olson Corgan. We are continuing our conversation. Uh, the vaccine injured our real, a mother's journey. Uh, Susan is a holistic health coach, consultant, and health freedom advocate who campaigns for medical freedom, individual rights, and informed consent. She spent several years collaborating with organizations to create effective educational campaigns that empower individuals to create uh, to create change in their communities uh, she is the uh, co-founder of the grassroots organization initiatives for family health their mission is to create community uh, uh, to create community to make changes for a healthier world by advocating for informed decision making and broad aspects of health and wellness for all family members of all ages and empowering individuals to be leaders through education support and action her work advocating for a healthier world is inspired by her only child who was injured by vaccinations at one year old. You can find Susie at initiativesforfamilyhealth.org. That's initiativesforfamilyhealth.org or on Instagram at activist underscore Susie, Facebook at Susie Olson Corgan. It's a pleasure to have you with us and, you know, letting everyone hear your very important story of what you and so many other people, so many other families and parents have been through. So, Susie, where did you turn for help and support when you first started speaking out for medical freedom and informed consent? Well, Bernadette, it's so funny because it's in such a sad way because there really was nowhere to turn. They didn't give you a guide that says when your child's injured by vaccines, here's what you do and here's going to help you. There was no one. So you just start researching just like any parent would do when your child's hurting and you you can't find answers. You just dig and go. And I would put my son to bed at night. And at the time, we didn't have a lot of like robust Facebook groups and community groups that we have now online. Mm -hmm. But we had Yahoo groups. And so there were these groups of parents that were sharing information about what they were doing to help their children recover from the medical symptoms of autism, the gut mm-hmm. health issues. Um, like I told you, his crying, his rashes. Let's figure out, let's get to the root cause of what's going on here. And so I got connected with um, a nonprofit called Generation Rescue, and that was through those Yahoo groups. 
And at the time, we had no money because, like you said, financial oh, yeah. cost of this stuff is just oh, yeah. insanity. Oh, I mean, I know and so many that, people. Yeah, it's it's driven them into poverty, so many of them. It does. You know? It absolutely yeah. does. So we got connected with this um, organization called Generation Rescue, and they were a nonprofit at the time started by JB and Lisa Hanley, who also had a child injured by vaccines. Uh-huh. And I applied for a grant with them. They were giving away grants to families that couldn't afford to see holistic doctors or to get on supplements or get testing done. I applied for that grant when he was four and received it. And so they sent us to a naturopathic doctor and had a bunch of testing done for heavy metals, yeast, bacteria, food allergies, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Got us the supplements and protocols that we needed. And we started really at that point um, on the true journey to healing. But it it was because of other parents that had gone through things like this that were willing to reach out and help that we were able to finally, finally find some relief for my mm-hmm. son. Yeah. You know, Lisa and J.B. Handley, J.B. wrote a book, and I can't remember the name of it. I've got it downstairs in my library. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. he and Mary Holland both did a show with me in 2018, and they censored it. YouTube took it down. And that's one of the reasons there's, you know, the word hasn't gotten out because we're being, this information is being censored. It really is. It's being it's it's being downplayed. There, there's no downplaying a child's life being destroyed. Let's be very clear about that. And a family being destroyed on so many different levels. There's there's no playing that down. But yeah, JB Handley wrote a great book about it. Right? How to end the autism? How, yes. How epidemic? to Yeah. How to end the and what mm-hmm. is wasn't it? Are you, you're giving me verification. It was that show that was taken down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think about that. And so you, you can't even find this stuff, uh, you know, and we wouldn't have a voice if, if, if we didn't have this radio show. Mainstream media is not talking about this. We can't even promote shows like this. And so it's very frustrating. And I can only imagine what you feel like as a mother of a vaccine injured child, how frustrating and heartbreaking all of it would be. Oh, it was so frustrating because we couldn't, just like you're saying, we could not get information out there. And it's funny that you bring up JB's book, How to End the Autism Epidemic, because I traveled the country with cases of those books. I handed Mm. them out with colleagues, people at the CDC. I sent them to legislators. I brought them into legislative meetings. Mm -hmm. I went through probably 10 cases of those books because it was so data dense. It wasn't emotionally inflammatory. There was about seven pages that had to do with the personal story and everything else was just the facts. So for those that weren't sure that there could be an issue with vaccinations, they could look at this and act and have the true data. And you can still buy that book mm-hmm. on Amazon and in bookstores. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. encourage anyone that hasn't, hasn't learned about the dangers or risks of vaccination to definitely check it out. Yeah. And, and you know, and there's, there's reasons for it mostly. And the, the biggest reason is for, they don't, they don't want to be wrong. Um, and I, I really feel that, you know, when the truth finally does like really come out and I think that it will, it's kind of like, you know, you, there, there, there's getting to a point where so many Americans know about it now that I just don't think you can, you can't, you can't shove it under the rug anymore. Right. There's millions, of, or not even millions, that's like a millions, it's like pocket change, billions and trillions of dollars that have been made from vaccines over these decades, right? So that you're dealing with. And then uh, the distrust that would happen as a collapse, perhaps even of the whole medical system as we know it, because we've been lied to. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, vaccination is a foundational part of the allopathic medical system. It is a foundational part of these regulatory bodies. This is what they use. They use it also to control other countries. You know, we send massive Mm -hmm. amounts of vaccinations all over, and we are allowing those people to become sick. Like, we we pulled, this is just a tiny bit of a detour of a rabbit hole, but we pulled the whole cell pertussis vaccine, component of the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccine. We pulled the whole cell pertussis part out because it was causing brain injury and death. Mm-hmm. We did that in the 80s. But yeah. then we still send whole cell pertussis vaccines to other yeah. countries because, mm-hmm. well, that's okay, though, because it's not Americans. I mean, it's right. absolutely wrong. It's criminal. get away with it. It's totally it's criminal. criminal. It's malice. It's criminal. I mean, it, it's wrong on every level. So, you know, when did you be, let's, let's switch gears here for a second. Um, and uh, this gets me really fired up, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. It's one of the only reasons I stay on radio, quite truthfully, that and the animals. I I guess that's what I mostly care about and truth and justice for all. But but when did you become interested in holistic medicine and how do you work with your patients as a holistic health coach? So when all this stuff happened with my son, I was just told, you know, put him on anti-anxiety medication, put him on sleeping medication, put him on all these behavioral medications. Mm -hmm. So let's deal with the symptomology of what he's going through. But it's all under the autism umbrella. Therefore, there's nothing that we can do to treat it or possibly allow his body to completely heal from these things. And Generation Rescue and their program showed me that that was not true, that we Mm -hmm. could absolutely get better. In autism, there's a, a checklist that they do. It's called the Autism Treatment Evaluation Checklist, or ATEC. And it goes from 0 to 180, and 10 and above are you're on the autism spectrum. My son's score when we first started out was 159, so he's very high on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. After 90 days on holistic protocols, his score dropped down to 109. We were told it would never drop, and it dropped 50 points in 90 days. So I saw with my own eyes clearly in front of me, this is the way to go and what I need to do. So during the pandemic was actually when I finally got my certification as a holistic health coach, but I'd been working with families doing the same thing that Generation Rescue had done to me since they've gone out of business and haven't been able to, you know, fill that need anymore. So because of that, a lot of the parents that had gone through the program were still helping other families. Mm. So they did set that model up. So you had like rescue angels, so you could help other parents and they helped you have this, this skill sets and those tools to do that. So then just going ahead and getting that holistic health coach certification gave me an extra little bit of, um, I guess, power in that space where people were coming to me more and asking me to work with their children, but then also with them. Because as parents, when you have a child that's been injured by vaccines, your health goes out the window too. You completely just throw everything into your child. And um, a lot of these parents are very sick. Yeah, they are. And, you know, no, go ahead, Marie. How, so how much does nutrition play into that protocol? It is the foundation. I mean, it's what they say is foundations of health. So it's clean air, clean food, clean water, exercise, sunlight, um, adequate rest, meditation, or prayer. Mm -hmm. So it's, that covers it. It's, That's for it's everybody. Really That's right. <laughs> yeah. And it really doesn't cost a lot to do those things. I mean, organic food, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. Getting a water filtration system, that's a purchase, and that is, you know, you have to buy filters for. I understand uh-huh. that. But if you amortize that cost over a year and you look at what you would be spending yeah. on going to the doctor, 
and medications, like it is just a drop in the bucket. Well, yeah. And, you know, you touched on something as you were, you know, just uh, telling us your story about about your son. So he after he got injured and then they wanted to put him on all these drugs for for this behavioral and that behavior. Right. Um, Or behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. And think about all the money that that you know, how that rings the register <laughs> for all these, mm-hmm. <laughs> these companies. So you injure the child, then you sell them even more drugs to try to normalize the injury to some degree, and they just mm-hmm. keep ringing the register and ringing the register. Absolutely. It's, and then they tell you your child's going to need to be institutionalized, and oh, then yeah. you're getting more money. Yep. And a lot of these vaccine-injured kids now, like yours, are they're, they're in their 20s, some of them in their 30s, some of them even, you know, uh, a, a little bit older than that. And where, where are we going to put all these children? How are we going to care for all these children? When the families are broke because of it, who's going to be the caretaker? Who's going to take on the cost of, of, of taking care of these children? The taxpayer, right? Yeah. We, and we, we absolutely don't have a model set up for that. And Dr. Toby Rogers wrote a paper, a dissertation, I believe, and it was about um, the economic impact of autism on yes. our country and yes. how we are going to be bankrupt because we won't have people that can, you know, join the military. We won't have people that are going to be creating this infrastructure for our country. We're, we are causing so much injury to the mm-hmm. brain and bodies of our children mm-hmm. that we aren't going to be sustainable as a country any longer. And this yeah. is not hundreds of years away. No. Just a few decades away. Right. I mean, when you think about it, of course. I mean, that, 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 that's what's going to happen. That's the future that we... And, and, and while these, these people that have gotten so rich during the pandemic, what was it, 500 new billionaires... They're not sweating it. They're living on their islands, on their beachfronts, go, go in there in their private jets while your everyday American is suffering. And it makes me sick. It really makes me sick. On that, I'm going to go to break. <laughs> <laughs> any, any comments, Susie, before we go to break on that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could go for a long time, Bernadette. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to have the mic when we get back. So stay tuned, everyone. More coming up. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Susan Olson. Corgan, we are broadcasting live here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We're talking with Susan about her personal story, a mother's journey. The vaccine injured are real. Um, Okay, so Susie, we've only got a couple more minutes. We have blown through this hour, and I'm so glad to have you on the show. I I just... Having people like you on the show to tell their story 
is what makes this all worthwhile, you know, really, that we, we share these stories so we can make change in the world and do the right things. But one of the questions I want to ask you um, to get back to the, the vaccine injured are real, a mother's journey, because you recently, you recently lost your cousin, right, to cancer at only 44 years old, right? Yes. Yeah. I know that's very difficult for you. And again, our, our uh, sincerest condolences. That's a very, that's a very young age to lose anyone. And can you tell us, in your opinion, uh, how the corporate uh, captured regulatory agencies impacted her treatment? Absolutely. You are asking, you know, do doctors offer alternative treatments or medicine? Unfortunately, the reality of it is, is that they don't know about them for the most part. Your medical systems are not teaching you that. Your medical schools aren't teaching you that because research hospitals like the University of Washington, where my cousin was treated, they are funded by people like Bill Gates. They mm. are funded by, by pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. And so all of that money coming in is just railroading you down to that allopathic model mm-hmm. where they're not even looking left or right because if they do and if they do see okay maybe eating an organic lifestyle and being outside and doing all that stuff if that's going to help to prevent or reduce the mortality rates of cancer and not their medicines then they're going to lose funding yeah so that's it's, right it's just that like you're saying it's that captured agency that is really mm-hmm. killing people and absolutely killed my cousin well, and I think that they're trying to destroy the holistic and natural health movement in this country, and they have been for years. They want to dis- discount and discourage anyone in that field. They're, now they've got all these new regulatory things that they're going to try to do to have you do all these expensive studies if you want to say something like uh, vitamin C can cure cancer, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. you, it, it, just there's so much of it. There's just so much of it everywhere, and, and it's, it's really difficult. So, you know, how can someone fighting cancer or, or other serious illnesses find out about holistic and naturopathic treatment options. What are the best ways, Susie? Susie. <laughs> Anytime I, someone comes to me that's just been diagnosed with cancer, I tell them to look at the Hope for Cancer Centers, um, to look at the um, Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida, and Chris Beats Cancer is a fantastic guy oh, to follow yeah. on social media that has yeah. for cancer. But really going to those places because they'll help you to understand those foundations of health. And it's about removing toxins, allowing your body to heal itself, creating vitality in the body, restoring restoring that natural balance, the homeostasis Mm -hmm. within your body. You don't need to, and again, I'm not a doctor and this is not medical advice, but if you think about what they standard do is you go in and you get chemotherapy. The cancer cells and all of the good cells in your body are being killed and they radiate your body. They just, Mm -hmm. it's toxicity is what they're doing. They're adding toxicity Mm -hmm. and that's counterintuitive and counterproductive. If you're trying to remove toxicity and restore the body to balance, why are we pumping you full of poisons? It just doesn't make any sense. So I love following these stories like Crispy's Cancer um, and these other other clinics because they explain to you how the body works, how to purify Mm -hmm. your body again, how to get back into balance. And, of course, there is a balance. There are times that you need the allopathic medical model. You know, if you have a bone sticking out of your arm because you broke your arm, like you're probably not going to pour essential oil on that. You're going to go to the ER and get it set and get stitched up. That makes sense. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm anti-science. I no. don't like the way that this, the medical industry has gone, where we push so much towards 
the funded drug billions, trillions of dollars like you and I were speaking about, and we don't look at the individual and do individualized, personalized medicine. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of uh, someone I know personally who uh, had a very rare and serious cancer in, in, in their eye, and they used a little bit of allopathic medicine along with natural medicine, and they are cancer-free, um, and all their markers are good. It's a personal friend of mine, and so she did the radiation in her eye, and then she also took the advice of Sean Wells um, of all the different nutrients her body potentially were lacking or something that would like you know give her a lot of power to fight this cancer and build her immune system she did a little of both and my grandfather was a doctor I'm not anti-allopathic I'm anti-greed I'm anti-lying about uh, the science in fact you know tomorrow we have Dr. Malone back on the show Dr. Robert Malone we're gonna be talking about you know how many people really died during uh during COVID of of COVID. <laughs> of COVID and for COVID. And for, from yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah. And so, but uh, he's a great guest. Uh, mm-hmm. Incredible. And he's, the, as you know, the, he is the scientist the invented, that invented the mRNA and the DNA um, uh, technology. Um, he's a true scientist, but he has a heart, too. There's so few of them left, you know, that haven't been captured, if you will, by Big Pharma. I mean, but, but it starts in our universities, too, because they don't want to go along with this business model, if you will, that's become the norm in our country, in the medical industry. It's an industry, and, and it's not it like it was industry. when my grandfather practiced medicine. So... Back in the day, uh, well, but and I, I feel like back also in the day, and with in holistic doctors and whatnot, they do give you informed consent, and so they're not pushing you away. Again, not right. pushing away from allopathic, but saying here's risk benefit, here's risk benefit of getting a disease in the wild, here's risk benefit of taking the intervention. You have informed consent, and mm-hmm. that is always what I've advocated for: informed yeah. consent. You make whatever decision you want for yourself or your family, and you have the free will to do it. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. No, um, you know, um, and physicians don't typically offer naturopathic and holistic treatment options when discussing cancer treatments or other treatments. Um, They get railroaded into the allopathic disease model, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, again, that's what they've been taught. The University of Washington Medical Center teaching hospital, that's all you're being taught. You know, you don't have even the opportunity to see an alternative out there. So you talk about alternative medicine, and they look at you like you have three heads because they've never even heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, Marie? If you're a patient at a research hospital, do you have to go along with the protocol that they recommend? So yes, I think so. Cousin, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. My, so my cousin had cancer, and she didn't want to get the COVID jab because she didn't feel like she needed to get it. And they told her that if they, she did not get the COVID jab, that they would not continue her cancer treatment. Oh, wow. So absolutely. You are oh, railroaded wow. into making decisions. Well, again, you're not going to inform consent. And that's probably why she died, because there's more and more evidence coming out that it, you know, has created these turbo cancers because the spike protein is not shutting down, right? The SV40, I think it's called, and the music is playing. That's why I'm talking so fast, because I know I have to kick the field goal here and hit the post. <laughs> so, Susie, thank you so much for jumping on the air with us today. I hope you'll come back. Uh, you've been such a joy to have on the show, and uh, so sorry about your about your cousin. Thank you, and thank you for having me, and thank you guys for the work that you're doing because you are making a difference in this world. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show, and I think it's going to be our weekend show as well. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Protect it. <laughs>